Welcome to Carrots and Suffering. I am Nate, and today our characters are still in North Bank, a small town originally conceived in D&D lore in the early 90s by Tim Beach. Of course, this has been heavily modified to meet my needs for my world with my plots and my NPCs, overlaid over the ideas of the original author. People familiar with this may recognize a few things. Also, if you listen through the end of the episode, you can hear what happens when a spider surprises Claire in her recording space. It does not end well for the spider. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. With that, we are back into the world. Last time on Carrot and Suffering. Our heroes arrived in North Bank, where all is not well and hasn't been for hundreds of years. There is a perfect circle of this blight or whatever it is around the lake. They visit the local millennia-old supposedly human wizard and find he's having a hard time as well. Uh, you'll have to forgive my appearance. There's been a lab accident. Uh, unfortunately, I am glowing as a result. And we will have to have the meeting through the through the curtain to spare your eyes the damage. P apologies. Our heroes were recruited into a secret organization that hunts the divine vestiges, nearly dead or defunct gods that are no longer worshipped and cast them back to the realm of the dead where they belong. Well, uh, to be honest, I don't need to hear more. Yes. Silver Thread is a pretty good group name. Dark Arbiters of the Silver Thread. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Our heroes investigate the muddy vestige of the lake to find it's a body dumping ground with some kind of living monster under it. There are undead beneath us, and this corpse seems to be the center of that activity. All right. Is there a chamber below us? Our heroes managed to tick off the locals, but it's clear that there's something preventing the locals from seeing or reacting to the monster in the lake. Hi, I I wanted to just apologize for earlier. I think we maybe got off on the wrong foot. The truth is that, y you know, we, we had heard that the our, our colleagues, the sharp edge of the pub, that were here to investigate the missing apprentice of the Archsage, we hadn't heard if they had actually completed the job. We just wanted to come here and, and follow up on it a little bit. And we had heard that perhaps there was something in the lake nearby. We were we were just trying to, to look around a little bit. We weren't trying to take any fish or anything. It, it, it did seem like... It, did, you, did you see anything while you were watching us? And lastly, a creepy ghost stalker came to recruit Creedon in the middle of the night to become a magical ghost of some kind. But if you're attached to that flesh bag, I'll give you a night to think about it. No, I was just about to ask if I could mull it over for a little bit. <laughs> Don't keep me waiting. I'll see you tomorrow night. And with that, he just sort of drifts through your bedroom wall. Yeah, I don't sleep the rest of the night. <laughs> Let's get back into it. So let's start off this one by talking about level four. Boulain, what's new for Boulain on level four? More hit points. I upped my wisdom to 17, which upped my bonus on a lot of things. And did I get more spells? I don't remember. Yeah, I'm over here sweating as I pull up the player's yeah. handbook. Trying to <laughs> oh, no, I didn't know there was going to be a quiz. <laughs> I got more spells known because my wisdom level modifier went up and my level went up okay so mostly you got smarter wiser wiser sure she did not get sure. smarter i did not up her intelligence <laughs> 
Claire, tell me about Creedon. How did how did Creedon change on the path to level four? I got an ability score improvement, and I think I improved my constitution with it. And I got some new spells. And I believe that the new one I took was Misty Step. Excellent. Robert, what's new with Zerus? Well, Barbarian itself doesn't get much, so instead of upping a score like the other players, I chose a feat. I chose Protective Wings. I can grant a plus two bonus to the AC of one of my allies that gets hit within five feet of me. Holy crap. And I can cast Cure Wounds once per day. Nice. Whoa. Yay, more healing, because I'm not doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I I figured a, a pocket heal in dire situations wouldn't be bad, and neither would the twice a day buff 20 y'all's armor it is still nighttime you have not quite woken up yet Zerus, please give me first a constitution save so i'm sleeping you're asleep and you want a constitution slave yeah you failed a con save yesterday and you're supposed to wake up with a cold today oh that's true that's true am yeah, i remembering yeah. that right nate yeah it is correct yeah, I did. I did get a little sick. Let's see. Let's get on Constitution plus three. It's a nine. That's that's low. Nine. Okay. And then please give me a religion roll. Oh, well, that I can do easy. <laughs> Twenty-two. <laughs> Twenty-two. Okay. Have you ever had dreams of Sister Truth? Is that like a thing that's happened to Zerus, or is it really just more of a felt presence? More of a felt presence. I don't think he's had dreams much at all. All right, Zerus, you have a dream. There is a presence in your mind, and it doesn't quite take form, you find yourself a normal dream interrupted. Something is in a space. The space seems dark and muddy. It seems damp. You get the impressions of very wet, dripping water. You hear a croaking noise. You hear a coughing. And then something says to you, I believe you attempted to contact me. You know, I probably did. What's your name, friend? You can call me the Pox. All right, the Pox? Where can I meet you? Hmm, I accept tribute. Ah, and where should I bring this tribute for you to accept? (laughs) Bring me the corpse of a fallen and place it. Is that a specific fallen or just anybody who's fallen? Any fallen will do. How recently fallen? Are we talking like... Like yesterday, would we fresh, or can I just dig up any old fallen? Irrelevant. Oh, good. Yeah, I'll bring you some bones. No problem. Bring me the corpse of a fallen, preferably still with some flesh on it. Hmm. I like that. And in exchange, I will grant you a protection. (gasps) The Arch Sage's mind-wiping magic will have no effect on you. When you are my disciple. Oh, great, because I'm always worried about that. Good, good. So where again do I bring this fallen? Just bring it under the cover of night to the lake and place it in the mud. Ooh, you know, I'm sorry. If I'm doing deals with people, I want to, like, say hi, shake appendages. (laughs) Where is your faith? Right, well, I just get to know you don't have much faith right now. Mm. We're building faith. Then perhaps I will contact you again when my sickness has settled. Hmm. All right. And your dream ends. And you wake up and you have a terrible a sore throat and a, just a cough that does not give up. 
So, it's morning. You had general plans of checking out the Burnt Guild building. You had a suggestion from the Arch Sage to try to learn something about this creature from the locals who may or may not be worshipping it. Hmm. So, when Zerus comes down for breakfast the next morning, does he look visibly gross? It's an early cold, so sore throat and occasional coughs. I'll mention, one, that I'm not feeling well, and two, my dream. So my thought is, we'll meet to parlay with this creature, and then destroy it. Are you wanting to actually dig up a body? I mean, I don't see the harm in that. Don't get me wrong, there are some problems with it, but I think destroying this creature... Okay, hold on. Hold on. Better idea. <laughs> How about an animal? I think we can all agree a deer. He did not specifically say a human. Just said the fallen. Wouldn't be very specific. I could accede to that. Now, to be honest, I don't know that I want to give it anything. I just want to go to where it is. Laying over breakfast, we'll do an eye check on Zerus, and she'd like to do a medicine check on him. Sure. Sure. I'll allow that. 16. Yeah, this is a this is definitely the beginnings of the flu. Okay. You you might expect him to be feverish tomorrow if he doesn't kick it with his immune system. You could probably pull together some herbs. Okay. Yeah, she will do that. She will it's the alchemist who got murdered, not the herbalist, right? <laughs> they were the same person. Oh, they were the same person. She says, Well, I will have to assume the alchemist will not begrudge us some of his materials. I could put together a tincture for you. That would be appreciated. While you're checking out Zerus, Creedon just oozes down the stairs from wherever the rooms were and stumbles to the table and is like, I am so tired. Are you sick too? She goes to look at your eyeballs and starts feeling your lymph nodes. No, but I had a strange incorporeal man in my room last night asking me if what? I wanted to join his ghost club. A ghost came to your room and asked you to be a ghost. A yeah, I mean, I think it's part of the whole, you know... And you told him to fuck off. Uh, I mean, I, I have a day to figure it out because I thought maybe we could, you know, follow him or something, figure out a way to maybe, you know, meet up with him again and get some information. I don't know. I think he's going to show back up again tonight, though. I'm not really looking forward to it. He was missing some fingers. Maybe we can figure out who he was. Missing fingers? Do we know anything about missing fingers? I'm asking both in and out of character. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> out of character, you don't know anything about missing fingers. In character, you know a lot about how fingers go missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just didn't sleep very well, but... I slept like the dead. <laughs> but do ching Very funny. <laughs> well, we will stop by the alchemist, and I can make a tincture, and then perhaps we can go look at this burned building. I'd like that, yeah. All right. How is your energy, Zeros? I'm fine for now. We'll see how it is tomorrow. Or later today. You pop by the alchemist's shop. There is a board that has been hammered haphazardly over the door. The lock is visibly broken. There's a window you could probably get in through. Is there a reason we couldn't just take the board off? You certainly could. I take the board off. Okay. The lock was clearly kicked in from the outside. When you step in, there is still a stain of some sort of necrotized tissue Roughly in the shape of a person on the floor. What would I roll here, Nate? Oh, God, I don't know. What would you roll? <laughs> Give me a medicine check or a religion check, whichever is better. Medicine. Ooh, 21. 21. Okay. 
So necrotic damage generally causes people to quickly go gangrenous or septic. Septic, and this person took a lot of necrotic damage, which you suspect is caused by undead. She says, I do not think this was a natural occurrence of plague. I think I think he may have been attacked by undead. Does he have all his fingers? Well, the body's not here. Well, the body's oh, gone, oh, but okay, it yeah, left yeah. a puddle of gross behind. This is a stain on the floor. Oh, this was the stain. Okay. But his supplies are still all around the workshops. It looks like he made product to order for the most part, so there's not a lot of vials lying around or anything. Creden tries to find caffeinated tea leaves. <laughs> Roll me an investigation. And clearly yeah. the place wasn't ransacked. It was just the whoever was here that was taken. Nothing physical has been removed except for the body. All right. I got a six. Oh, no caffeine for you. Bulane will look for the thing she needs for a flu tincture for Zeros. Okay. Uh, I instead get some calming chamomile and I'm just like half dozing in the corner. <laughs> 17. 17, yeah. You can find something. You whip it up pretty quick. Zerus, your throat immediately feels better. Tomorrow, when I ask for a con save, you have advantage. Thank you. That should help a lot. You are Excellent. quite welcome. Well, shall we to this burned building? Probably. All yeah. right. You head out north of town. You don't have to go very far. It's just a couple hundred yards, really. And you find just off the beaten path, there is... A stone tower, and true to the word of the locals, it is still smoking. It looks like it was three stories tall. It had a big wooden front door that is destroyed. And it probably had a wooden roof, wooden beams, and wooden floors, forming a massive chimney when this thing lit on fire. That much is immediately apparent. Is there a door still on it? No. There is burnt out remnants of ashy remains of a door. There's still smoke, like, billowing out of it, or is it just sort of remnants it's of smoke? It's lightly smoking. It, it burnt four days ago, and it is still churning out a little bit of cinder. Boulain will say, Sadie, can you fly to the top and see if you can see anything inside? Because you said the roof is gone, right? Yeah, Sadie does a loop up there. It It has been turned into a stone chimney. There are some remnant beams sticking out of the stonework in places. But other than that, it is just charred ash and stuff. Roll her an investigate roll. Ooh, six. <laughs> so the burned out building was where the sharp edge of the pub had shown up, right? Am I remembering wrong? They set it on fire. I'm fairly certain whether yes. we've been told it or not that they set it on fire. But we're trying to figure out what they did. Right. I guess they left assuming okay. it was done, but we don't know. We don't know the circumstances they left under because they didn't go check back in with the Arch Sage. They just split. Yeah. So we don't know what happened. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't have a great note for this one, so I was like, I think that this was it, but I wanted to double check my fact. So, Sadie needs to roll me a investigation roll. She got a six. Six. Yep, that's it. It's a burnt out building with a whole lot of rubble in the bottom now. Lane says Sadie does not seem to be able to see anything. Of Do we know what this building used to be? Mage Guild. Yeah. Mage Guild, okay. So there is, might still be a lot of magic inside? So as far as I think we pieced together, the apprentice was working on an incorporeal formula, I guess, right? I'm not metagaming that, right? We know that? Correct. Archage Mason informed you that 
he was trying to turn himself into some sort of undead. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And my assumption is that Dark Edge got here, encountered a ghost they couldn't handle, and subsequently decided to treat it like some vermin or rodent and burn the place down, thinking that that would deal with it. Or at least get them clear. I think that is probably a good assessment and estimation of what happened. Vulane will use her Eyes of the Grave feature to see if she senses any undead in this tower. No, you don't sense any undead in or near this tower. Okay. She says, well, if there was something undead here, it is not here now. So there's, it's just a collapsed building. We can't go in really and investigate at all. I mean, you can. It's not super safe, but... Okay. It's not like completely collapsed. It's a stone shell of a building. Okay. With some still smoldering wooden rubble in it. Well, I have a frostbite cantrip. How does that work again? Can I just <laughs> put out some of the smoldering bits? Sure. I think you can put out five feet of fire at a time. Oh, whoops. I forgot to put D&D on the end of frostbite. And now I'm at WebMD. <laughs> For frostbite. Yes. I think it's frostbolt. No, it's frostbite. Oh, okay. Did you put another extension on your browser to turn the word bolt into bite? No, I only have that for cloud to butt. That just makes sense. <laughs> and it turns the word cloud into butt. Oh, the other day I got to kill one of my players with butt kill. It was beautiful. Butt kill. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I basically just caused numbing frost to form on a creature, so I guess I can't really use it to help with the fire situation. Prestidigitation, however. You can prestidigitate however, the fire out. Oh, yeah. Can snuff out flames. Sure. So I'm at least ready if, you know... Maybe some of our hair catches on fire or something. All right. Anyone who goes inside, now that it is not on fire, please roll me an investigation roll. All right. Investigation. I want to do this. Four. Nope. I got a two, which I guess means I got a four as well. Seventeen. Seventeen. Creedon finds it. Two fours and a (laughs) seventeen. So, Creedon, you find a half-burnt tome with some paper sticking out of it underneath some rubble. Boulain and Zerus, you find a soft spot in the floor. Oh no. Please roll me dexterity saving Oh no. Oh no. We're going to fall into the basement. Oh, I got a four. (laughs) I changed dice that time and I got the same thing. Uh, I got a seven. Oh, good. Okay. Down to the floor we go. (laughs) The two of you both fall through a collapsing floor. Okay, okay, I'm picturing this. One of us hits a soft spot, egg flails a little bit, and the other one hits a soft spot, and then we grab each other for stability, and then we both fall. Beautiful. That's how it goes down, right? <laughs> Sounds about right. Okay, you fall. All the things around you then fall onto oh, you. Oh, God. You are on the receiving end of 10 damage, oh. which is two sets of a 10-foot fall. Oh, shit. You are covered in rubble and down in the basement. Creedon will grab this book with the paper she found and just stuff it in her bag and then run over to the edge of, I guess, where the floor is collapsed and call down. Oh my god, are you okay? (laughs) Uh... (laughs) That was unpleasant, but I'm fine. I helped Belaine up. I think I partially landed on (laughs) Zerus. Sounds about right. She pulls the veil back and looks around. Emerging out of the wall on one side is a well that seems to go down significantly deeper. This room was probably used for storage at one point. It was clearly emptied when the building was abandoned. There are still some rungs that look like they're made of metal jutting out of the wall that look like they led up to a trapdoor. 
The trap door looks burnt. Still there, probably supporting a bunch of debris. All right. Well, what else is down here, though? Boulain would like to investigate the well. Okay. I'll take an investigation roll from Boulain as you stick your head down the well. <laughs> she stuck her head down. She's going to look down. <laughs> oh, my God. Four. Ooh. Get out of here. I will help Boulain investigate. You will help me? Okay, thank you. I'll look oh. with her. 14, 16. Boulain, you look down. It looks pretty empty. Zerus, you look down. You see a gigantic crayfish. I mean, this thing is the size of a large dog. And there is something glittering down in the water, but this crayfish is, is coming up. Looks like it's after Boulain, who is obliviously leaning down. I want to say something that big is a lobster. Like, at that point, when does it stop being a crayfish and start being a lobster? Just curious. I don't know. I don't know. I guess the point where it bites you. <laughs> How far down does it look like the bottom of the well is? Probably 20 feet, but there's water in it. Huh. I'm discovering that my scholar's pack does not contain any rope. I don't think I actually have rope. <laughs> huh. You could mage hand rope. We have rope. You could mage hand yeah. rope up there. To I let Zeros right. carry the heavy things, and rope can be very heavy. It <laughs> <laughs> can be heavy. But we have a crayfish. A lobster. Mm. You have a moment to react, Zerus. Boulain, you do not. I'm going to go ahead and put my arm across Boulain and then pull us both back. Hey! And then, and then ready my axe. Okay. It comes not leaping, but definitely sliding out of this well, sliding across the floor, and two gigantic pinchers are snapping at your legs. Ah. Pincher number one is going to bite at Zerus for 19 to hit. It definitely hits. Pincher number two is only going to get a 12. So, Boulain, you are free of snaps. Zerus, please take eight damage as this thing grabs your ankle and pinches. Sure. I'm glad we leveled up and have more hit points than we did before. Can I see it now that it jumped out? I don't have dark vision, for the record. I'm not well, okay, it's it really is. dark down there. You can hear something moving that sounds wet. You can see the top of Zerus's head. You suspect Boulain is down there. I think she's in all dark clothes anyway. She's got pretty dark clothes, yeah. Is something down there with you? She has white hair, though. Her hair is very white. Claire, you would have disadvantage. You can, you'd be shooting at a shadow. Okay. Can I join initiative? Yes. Are we rolling initiative? Well, instead of rolling initiative, because it's, it's a crayfish and has now lost its surprise action, uh, we're just going to go around the circle here. So, Creedon, you can see something... Do you want to take an action? Mm, I mean, actually, probably not, because I can't see well, and I don't want to shoot my buddies. That would be reasonable. I don't know. I'll put... Wait, is Guidance Touch? Yes, it is. Isn't yes. It? Okay, never mind. I'll just yell down, let me know if you need help. Boulain, there's a creature snapping with one of its claws at your legs. She's going to back up further away from it, and she's going to cast Sacred Flame at it. Okay, you're in a pretty tight area, so backing up is a little unrealistic, but Sacred Flame will work just fine. It needs to make a deck save. A 13. No, my DC's 14 now. <laughs> okay, uh, roll your damage. Two. <laughs> Every little bit helps. She takes a little chip out of his claw. Zerus, this thing literally has a hold of your ankle and your boot and is crushing it. I'm going to strike at it with my axe. Okay. Let's see, we have a 10 plus some modifiers. 16. Yes, that definitely hits. For 14 points of damage. Okay, ow. 
you smack down on its chitinous hind and it doesn't look like it's going to recover. The creature wheels around itself and spasms on the floor. Well, you suppose it was guarding something? I think it was hungry, but it did look like there was something else down there. Would you hold this rope? Or let's find something to tie it to? We will tie the rope. Can one of you light a torch or something? Oh, Boulain will cast Dancing Lights. Okay, the room is creepily lit with dancing lights. All right, and so we're going to tie a rope to something? Yeah, you can try to mage hand pass it to me. There's some pegs out of the wall that are a ladder. You could try to tie it off there. I definitely test it to make sure it's sturdy enough to hold me. Okay, that's a reasonable thing. <laughs> you can climb down on the water. Okay, yes, I will. I'll climb down to the water to the thing I saw. Give me a athletics roll, because you will have to dunk yourself. Sure. Boulain calls out, do not drink any of the water by accident. <laughs> yeah, well, I scored an eight, so oh, we'll see. No. It's a low rolling day, apparently. Yeah. Okay. So you kick yourself down, pushing off the walls. You have the brick walls to pull yourself up and down through. There's no danger to you per se, but you do get a big mouthful of water on your way up. Because your athletics roll is just, you have a flub. Yep. But you come up with a chain, which looks like a, a necklace, maybe? Just a chain? A nondescript, complete circle chain? It has a pendant on it. The pendant in this lighting looks... Shiny, maybe it's a gem. Oh, did you get a necklace? <laughs> I think we may have. Can I have it? I don't think there's much else here, so let's let's go back out the way we came. All right. So once Cirrus comes up, we can untie the rope, and then does Creedon want to mage hand it? I'll I'll grab it with mage hand. They're within 30 feet, right? Yeah. Then I, I'll grab it and I guess try to tie it off to, I assume it's like a column or something. In this building. Oh, okay. Everything up here is unstable and is burnt, so yeah. I'm going to need you to give me a sleight of hand roll. Okay. I can do that, I think. And that's a net 20. Oh, great. Plus two. 22. Creedon is a whiz with the knot work. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you find a, a board that you're still sticking out of the wall that you're pretty sure is very sturdy. You wrap your rope around it. It seems great. Up we go. We're good. Come on up. All right. So you can successfully climb a rope without a whole lot of trouble. And you are back up on the main floor. I'd like to look at this pendant. Yeah. What's interesting about the pendant in the full light? It has a gem in the shape of a mouth. It's been carved. Does that mean anything to us? No. Nope. Like a smiling mouth or like a mouth of fangs? Just a mouth. Blushes lips. There's not like a, a history or religion role that we could do on this one. An arcana role would be viable. Okay. Yeah. I'll try that. Oh. Nah. 15. You have heard of the spell magic mouth? <laughs> Perhaps this is a permanent magic mouth. Okay. Mandy doesn't know what magic mouth does. <laughs> it's a message. It's a message. Okay. Can I do a religion check for it to see if it's any kind of... Yeah, sure. Uh, that's a 24. That's the only thing I do right. <laughs> you are reasonably certain that this is not a religious item. It is a mundane, well, not mundane. It is a baseline magical item, so it's not terribly powerful. And you are under the impression that these things are often created, usually in the in the cathedral dedicated to the Luminous One, hmm. but it's some sort of message. Okay. I'd put it on. Yeah, do we just put it on and it's supposed to deliver the message? You have no idea. I hand it over for someone to put on. I'll put it on. Okay. 
you got a great piece of bling. It's like a green emerald. It sparkles really well. It's high quality. You could probably sell it for a lot of money. It's in the shape of a mouth. It's in the shape of a mouth. I've been collecting teeth. You know, it's becoming my theme. You have a theme going. <laughs> but I don't hear any messages. No. Yeah, maybe I need to attune to it or something. Perhaps. Or there's a command word. Speak. <laughs> Friend. Nothing happens. <laughs> All right. That's interesting. And uh, did you find something up here while we uh, were falling? Was that what I heard? Oh, yes. I pull the book out of my pouch. I said, I haven't looked at it yet because you two fell through the floor. And I guess I open up the book and look at it. I guess I open it to where the page is sticking out. Mm -hmm. It is a half-burnt tome, so it's, it is barely legible in a lot of places. But many of the pages seem to be a magical theory book. Very basic. Here's how wizards think about things. And the pages that are sticking out look handwritten and actually not all that old. Someone's notes. What can we read of them? Roll me Arcana. Come on. Oh my god, seven. Nothing. I can't read this nerd scribble. Can I take a shot at it? You can try. One. <laughs> All right. You pick it up and try to look at it, and parts of it crumble away oh. in your hand. We're doing Arcana. I'm sorry. Yep. I fucked it up. That's only a nine from me, so. Wow. <laughs> no. This is not our best day. <laughs> mm -mm. I could just hang on to this. We can I think maybe, that would be why. I think once I get some tea in me, you know. <laughs> Maybe I'll pick yeah. up. <laughs> we will. We'll just hold on to this one. All right. Well, is that it for this? That seems to be the only thing that survived the fire. Okay. There's nothing carved in the walls or anything like that. I mean, there are old runes carved in the walls. They look like they've been there a very long time, like they were part of the initial construction. Question. Would, would using comprehend languages help to decipher this book, or is it more of just being able to understand, like, wizard spell writing? Comprehend languages would help. It would convey the meaning of this arcane writing, but in a very literal way. It's worth a shot. Oh, wait. I have marked that I've already used my first level spell, and I don't think we've taken a short rest, so never mind. We just woke up from a long rest. Oh, yeah, we did. Never mind. I just didn't reset my spells because I'm a goober. Okay, I use comprehend languages then. Okay, so cruising through this book, and the book is a, is a magical theory book, some of the words make a little bit more sense to you with the aid of the spell. So give me another arcana roll with advantage. Oh, yay. Oh, my God. Okay, 13. Okay. This is a basic necromancy tome talking about the necromantic arts of wizardry. Necromancy by itself is not evil, although there are many spells inside of it that are an absolute faux pas and a heresy. This book doesn't seem to be about spells. It's all about theory. But it is so burnt, it is useless. The remaining pages that didn't crumble apart in Boulain's hands seem to be a formula for a spell. Someone actively creating something new using novel concepts. But with a 13, you don't know what it's supposed to do. Okay. I'll relay this and say, you know, they really glossed over the necromancy bits at Divine Mercy's schools. But I can tell that this is related to necromancy. I think it's probably related to what the apprentice was working on. But I, I don't know. I got like a D minus in this class, so I think that is a safe assumption. <laughs> the archsage would probably be interested to have this back. Yeah, we can turn it into him. Maybe he can tell us more. 
about it when we give it to him. I'll put it back in my pack. Where to next? We need to kill an animal and offer it as tribute? Uh, like I said, I don't know that we even bring tribute. I figured you would always be chomping at the bit to find someone doing something wrong. <laughs> the question is, if we do not have anything to offer it, will it show itself? Yeah, that's a good question. Another thing we could do is wait until nightfall and see if any of the locals go to offer a tribute. That's not bad. I also would like to visit the Archmage again, because not only should we show him this book, but I'm, I'm curious if he knows somebody that was missing some fingers that maybe who visited me. That is a good call. We should do that. We should go see the Archsage today while it is still light out and ask him about that. And then how about tonight? We keep watch and see if there is any activity in the lake. Okay. Where should we watch from? We do need to be a little careful about that. We do. Is there a far side of the lake? I mean, there's got to be, right? There is, yeah. It'd take us a while to get around to it, but... Yeah, how, how far, like, how far away is... You would probably spend a minute or two running if you saw something and wanted to get to it. To it. It's pretty far. But is it is it like an hour to walk to the far side of the lake? Is it eight hours? No, no, it, it's not that big. About 40 minutes will get you all the way around it the long way, so you don't have to chop through the mud. Okay, so 20 to get to the far side. Okay, easy, easy. So we could set up a watch on the far side of the lake, possibly under some cover if we find it, and we could send Sadie to do overhead patrols. Yeah. Okay, we have a plan. Arch Sage first? Yep, Arch Sage first. Welcome to the mid-roll. Today, choosing an edition to play. Your choices are 1st edition, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th, as well as Pathfinder 1 and 2. Everyone falls in love with the edition they were playing when they first learned to play D&D. Now, I want to make a distinction here. They fell in love with D&D. The edition provided a very specific feel to that play style, and like all things in history, you can never go back. But people tend to hold their loyalties over time. It's a rare person who leaves their first game behind them, just in the dirt. The two reasons to move to a new edition are because you fell in love with the new edition again, or because you could only find enough players to play that edition. So none of this stops people from fighting holy wars online about editions. I'm not going to dive into that. I think you should play the edition that fits your playstyle best, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that. So the obvious answer is that you should play 5th edition, which, as I say, this is the current edition. It will have the most players, the most new players, the largest community online, and people talking about it. And it's a great edition. It has very flexible mechanics to make snap player and DM judgments easy, and agreement between everyone is much simpler to get to. Sure, it has some builds that are a little out of control, and it's remarkably difficult to kill player characters, so the lethality and danger isn't always there, as it is in some other editions, but... It has all the tools you need to have a rich roleplay and rich dice play experience with some decent tactical options to boot. Fourth edition is, as my friend Nick always says, D&D Tactics Edition. What does that mean? Well, it's very well balanced with every class being equally cool. The mechanics are very stable and reliable. The system explains itself well, so it's very rare that you need to spend time looking up extra rules. It's the only edition where I handed someone a book and they made a character with no exposure to D&D in just a few minutes with no help. Because the mechanics are so formulaic, everyone, regardless of their experience level, can essentially 
participate as equals, and which class you choose doesn't make as much of a difference as it does in other editions. However, because things are so formulaic, the DM needs to come up with increasingly cinematic scenarios, like fighting while falling from a mountain, or fighting while running from flowing lava, otherwise it will eventually get a little boring. It has a companion expansion called D&D Essentials that keeps things even simpler, so it's a great edition to start, and a lot of people learn D&D on it. Third edition which includes 3.5 and offshoots like Pathfinder, is a game where rules, lawyers, and human dictionaries rejoice. And I was one, and I did rejoice. It is the most complicated edition of D&D, and there is an attempt to explain every interaction with pluses and minuses. Yes, this can get tedious, particularly if you want to be immersed in a fantasy world. But it also engages some of the most tactical and puzzle-oriented combats the series has to offer. This version of the game rewards people exponentially for deep diving into the rules, and the results is that the power levels can get a little bit away from you with dozens of books and endless sheets of notes to manage your high-level characters. There are some favorite mechanics in this edition that everybody loves to house rule into their other editions, and that is the first edition of D&D, where math works pretty much exactly how you want it to, it makes perfect sense, and your heroes are super heroic. Third edition was great, I don't play it anymore. Past this point, I recommend only archaeologists go, but some of us are old, so we go there, like I do. So, 2nd edition simply did a bad job with its math. It isn't terrible, but it works like no modern game, and so it's hard to look at directly, like sort of staring into the sun. If you can get over that, it has the game's richest lore. The most highly edited, published, and setting-diverse concepts were forged in 2nd edition. Whole worlds still live here that have been seen in no other editions and may never be converted. Proper names and magic items we all know and love as core to D&D were invented here. This is the birth of tabletop gaming in the form of its first true renaissance. Now, there are even more quirks, like alignment being literally about systems of government you would accept and nothing to do with your personal choices, but those quirks are kind of quaint. I still go back to 2nd edition and their source books and adventures for inspiration. And lastly... First edition or D&D Basic. When you hit zero hit points, you're dead. No death saves, no rounds to save you. You're just dead, and you roll everything, like 3d6 stats in order and your first level of HP. Your stats aren't really going to add much to the, the different ways and aspects of your character like they do in a modern game, so at level one, you could be a fighter with just one HP. One HP, one hit from any source. You are dead. D-E-A-D, dead. This game is missing most of what modern systems have that make them playable and enjoyable, but it's a delightful mess if you can get over the fact that it's truly clumsy first attempt to build the world we all know and love today. It has its charms. Just remember that at one point this was the only option, and it made it revolutionarily amazing. So, I always recommend people start with 5th edition. I think it's the best edition. But there are some really good arguments for still playing 4th edition and still playing 3rd edition. If you're listening to this and you still love 2nd Edition, I applaud you, but I don't want to learn Thacko, so I'm out. All right, everybody, let's get back to the podcast. All right, per the usual, you get to the Archdiocese place. His butler is actually not there, but you just let yourself in. You head to his study, open the door, the curtains are drawn, per usual. Hi, <laughs> Archsage. His voice comes across pretty muffled, but he says, yes, 
I found a half-burned book I think your protege may have been working on. Can I, like, slide it under the curtain or something for you to look at? Yes, please. Slide it under the curtain. None of us, we're all having trouble reading it. I shove it under the curtain. He's quiet for a little while, and he says, okay, and he slides something back out from under the curtain. It's a piece of paper. Okay. It says. Does Creedon pick it up? Yeah. He has, rather than risk damaging the paper, made a copy of something he believes is relevant. So it's half of a page with letters running down it. And he says, this is definitely my apprentice's work. There's very little left of it. But what I can tell you from this tiny sliver of page, there's something here about a, a, a focus or a horcrux. Would it be a message necklace? <laughs> no. Do you have a message necklace? Yes. No. Why would we have that? No. I mean, we don't want to. I'm fine with sharing it. He can help us, right? Yeah. Boulain does not say that. Well, I, I don't pass it under the curtain and I'll take a look. Okay, fine. I'll take it off and pass it under the curtain. Okay. Roll me a religion roll, those of you who are into that thing. Oh, wait. Oh, nope. Didn't do well that time. 14. Ooh, 11. I actually rolled, even though it probably this wouldn't be an expertise of mine, but I got a 19. <laughs> it <Okay>. is today. <laughs> Creedon has read a ghost story. <laughs> and it seemed to be, it was meant to scare children, but it seemed to have a basis of truth in it, and you recognize the word horcrux. Ghosts usually have some sort of unfinished business or a literal physical object tethering them to this world. It would seem that this spell requires you to designate one and that it therefore would need to be destroyed to destroy the ghost. Otherwise, the ghost would just come back. Zerus, you remember that ghosts come back if you don't resolve their business. Boulain, ghosts are scary. <laughs> The Archsage fiddles with it a little bit, and you hear him say, Ah, okay, yes, just a moment. And he slides it back under the curtain for you and says, Okay, put it on now. I do so. And then repeat after me. Seferic. Seferic. Kristoff. Kristoff. The mouth starts to move. The little gem mouth starts to move. And it says, The Archsage is not what he appears, and soon I will be destroyed. Do not let him wipe your mind. <laughs> well. All right. So what's that talking about? Wait, did only I hear that or did everybody hear that? Everybody hears that. It's a, it's a mouth okay. that talks. Out of character, was it the same voice that Creedon heard the ghost use? No. I was going to ask him if, you know, he knew anybody with... Oh, no, 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 no. It was Zerus's dream was talking about the mind wipe. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. Was it the same voice... It is not the same voice that any of you have heard. I don't think so. Well, Archsage Mason? Yeah. There seems to be an accusation afoot that you do some sort of mind wiping. And that you are what you seem. <laughs> if people learn about the vestiges and they're not helpful in hunting them, I have in the past, maybe once a decade, removed that knowledge from their mind. Makes sense to me. Yeah, actually, that sounds kind of reasonable. I would like to roll insight. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, can't argue with that logic. <laughs> Non-natural 20. Do you get the impression that he's being somewhat honest here? 
every time the art sage talks, you don't think you are being told everything. All right. Yeah. You said before that he seems to choose his words with care. Yeah. Like he's managing not to lie. There's a lot he isn't telling you, and he constantly knows a lot more than he's saying. But at the words he chose to use here were true. So do you happen to know of anybody that's missing some fingers in town? Uh, yeah, the local priest. Oh. Nice chap. Lays the dead to rest. Apparently went missing a few days back. Do you know what happened to his fingers? Oh, yeah. A fishing accident. You What? I'm sorry. How does one lose their fingers in a fishing accident? Ah. <laughs> well, okay. They fish with shovels <laughs> in groups. Ah, that's that's fair. Out on this particular lake. So I think when he was young, he lost his fingers in a friendly shovel incident. <laughs> Huh. Can't argue with that logic. <laughs> Where was the house of the priest? Did he live on the grounds? And what god were they a priest of? Yeah, he was a, a priest of the Radiant One. Not a very powerful man. This is not a position anyone wants. It's usually a position that is kind of a punishment, frankly. But yeah, he lived in a, in a very small cottage over by what's basically a tiny shrine to the Radiant One. We should check that out. We have a day to kill. We could do that. Well, I don't know that we have any other questions. We are hoping to gather some information tonight. Well, I would help if I could. But in the meantime, good luck to you. Thank you. All right. To the priest house? Yes, to the priest house. Yeah, you head up to the priest's house. His door is locked. His windows are closed. It's not very big. It's like a one-room cottage. Boulain will knock. I'm assuming no answer comes. No. Wouldn't that be spooky? She looks at Zerus and says, do you want to just break the lock? Well, uh, first let's walk around the building. You have not killed anything all day. <laughs> oh, does it count as short rest when we were just hanging out? Or can we have taken a short rest? Sure. You can take a short rest. Yeah, you got all day. Okay, okay walking around the building. I could misty step in there if there's a crack in the, if I can see something in there. Oh, did you get misty step? Okay. Yeah, I do. Oh, nice. Well, I don't know. Using that type of resource is necessary for this, but let's see. I'm just what... very excited about it. <laughs> Look, like used it to great effect. <laughs> let's see what else the building offers. All right. Roll me a disadvantaged investigate roll. Four. Ooh, I got a nat 20 and a three. I got a 19 and a two. Break my heart. I got a 19 and a 12. <laughs> the 12 becomes a 13. Hey, 13. So 13... Being solidly our best. <laughs> Boulain, you can see through some of the shutters inside, and the house looks empty. You don't see any people inside of it. Still has furniture, the bed, the table, the little cupboard, the little stove, but you really cannot see much. So there is a window. There is a window. Yeah, you'd have to pry the shutter open and open the window. Is there or... a back door? There is no back door, no. Fire hazard? Good God. <laughs> do, you, do you want a misty step, Creedon? All right. Well, I don't know that breaking in the front door isn't a terrible idea at this point, but sure. Either way is fine. I mean, just to be on the straight and narrow, I don't really have very combat-heavy second-level spells at the moment. So. <laughs> okay. Well, and also, we just smooth things over with the locals. Maybe we should yeah. not do things in a way that pisses them off again. Yeah, sounds good. All right, I missed a step, I guess, just somewhere I can see, but then I immediately want to try to unlock the door or open the shutters or somehow allow access to everyone else. Yeah, you slide in through the keyhole and 
you find that the shutters are latched very sensibly on the inside and the door is too, and you can quickly let everybody in. Okay, in we go. Yep. So yeah, this place looks lived in. You see clothes, you see shoes by the door, you see a, a stove, there's a cook pot, there's still food in the cupboards. I guess I'm looking for any any traces to necromancy or the apprentice. Go ahead and roll me an investigate roll. It will help. I'd love to try. Oh, you'll help. Yay. It's a 17 with the help. 17. You are under the impression that this person did not leave town. Because if they did, they left all of their essential items. Hmm. Well, we are solidly suspecting at this point that the ghost that came to Cretan is the priest, right? Because missing fingers, right? That is a reasonable assumption. Yes. So I guess I was wondering if maybe we could, I don't know, just find out more information about him. I try to find a, a journal or something. I haven't investigated. Can I attempt that? You don't find any journals. You don't really find much in the way of writing. You don't get the impression this guy was very active at his job. With the 17, as you look around, you do find a spot on the shelf where an item is missing. And you know it's missing because this guy did not clean very often. <laughs> so there's a, a space in the dust. Okay. Whatever it was had a round base. What other kind of things are on that shelf? Other things on that shelf? Just mostly decorations. Like, okay. Like just knickknacks? Knickknacks, flower pots, carved, hand-carved things. Okay, so this house is next to a shrine or a temple or a, a chapel? Yeah, there's a little shrine out back. Okay, Lulaine will go check out the shrine in the back and see if there's anything back there. It is also not well taken care of. It has a little donation tin that is empty. Roll me investigate. Twelve. Twelve. It occurs to you that there's a practice on occasion in the Church of the Sun, where when a church is open, they actually place a sun medallion. There is no sign of a sun medallion. Okay, so that is missing from this place. You would have expected it, and it's not here. Hmm. Okay, now, is that like it would be hanging somewhere, or it would be part of stonework, or it would be... It would usually, because it's... Is the church open or closed? It's usually a removable pendant with a sun on it. Okay. And it would hang from the altar itself, and it is not here. Wonder what that could be being used for. Well, and, and the thing removed from the shelf inside the house was round. Correct. Elaine says, I think he took the sun medallion and possibly used that as his core crux, which is sacrilegious enough to make your skin crawl, Zerus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm curious where he would take it. They must be doing this in a in a second location, I guess. Looking around the village, I mean, are there other likely sites, Nate? There are many old docks and old warehouses next to the docks for fish processing. It will take time to go through all the warehouses. Fish. Yeah, fish. <laughs> I think maybe... The next step is to find out who the priest hung out with. All right. I'm worried it was the alchemist. <laughs> mm. Yeah, did we investigate his place enough? I mean, we kind of found a smear on the floor. We didn't look around that hard, did we? Someone kicked the door in, and there was a body-shaped smear on the floor. It was not a robbery. Yeah. That's what you learned. You know that the alchemist was buried, because you visited his grave yesterday. Well, they made a grave. They did. We did not dig up that grave to see if there was a body down there. <laughs> if this thing is requiring tribute, it seems like 
Mm. Alchemist may have been made a tribute, and I wonder if there is anything in that grave. I'd be willing to find out. All right. Find a shovel. <laughs> is is that is that fine to you? To dig up a grave to see if there's a body there? Yes. You'd have to rebury it with honors. I, I was going to say, is there some right she could perform to say, you know, there is a reason to dig up this body? We're not robbing the grave? Well, so the only people with the right to dig up a body would be a priest of death. Mm. And the appropriate thing to do is you'd have to re-consecrate and dedicate the body. She says, yes, we can do this as long as we do not steal the body and we replace it and re-consecrate it. Okay, well, let's just make sure we don't get caught doing this, I guess. Technically, I should be the one doing the digging, but Zerus, you are a lot stronger than I am, so I am deputizing you <laughs> to help. <laughs> Delegate. <laughs> we want to get fair. this done quickly. I'll be lookout. Yes, <laughs> I will. I will dig. Thank you for looking out. <laughs> so, you head up to the graveyard. It looks like someone was digging at the alchemist's grave all night. It's empty. Mm. Hmm. Well? There's piles of dirt next to it. Doesn't look like they bothered to fill it back in. Well, now we have a crime. I mean, Great. we probably had crimes before, but this is hard evidence of a crime. I'll investigate the grave to see if there's anything to find left. Okay. I will help. All right. I'm looking out. <laughs> With help, that's an 11. An 11. No. So it looks like they didn't bother to unbury the coffin all the way. They dug down, revealed part of it, smashed through the front, and pulled the body out. There's nothing left there inside of it. It's a... Uh, Simple pine box. Well, once again, there are all these warehouses. I would be willing to bet it is in one of those warehouses. Or we could wait till the nightfall and see who brings it out to the middle of the lake. I think that's our best bet. While we're doing that, I do want to do one more thing. I'd like to search the the perimeter of the lake looking for any kind of cave or potentially subterranean access. Hmm. Survival roll, please. Not, Not a bad as idea. good. Well, I get a plus three on survival. If I come with you, I can do it too. I'll, I can help you do it instead, because my okay, survival yeah. roll is not great. I'll just help you. Based on my dream last night, I think it's either in a cave or a basement. Mm. Oh, okay. I got a 12 with the advantage. Yeah, 12 isn't going to give you much. You found where the water has stopped flowing into the lake and where it does not flow out of the lake, but would have in past decades. But I assume those are dried rivers? Correct. We do have subterranean access now in the old Mage Guild building, but... We do. Did I feel a bottom to the well when I was in it, or was it... You hit the bottom, yeah, but you didn't... There was probably some, not grates, but just openings right. at the bottom of the well. Yeah, to let the water So in, sure. it'd be pretty hard for you to squeeze through those. Yeah, no, I don't think the wells are is our point in... All right, I think we're best off just setting up or investigating something else, but I don't know what else to investigate, so... I am not sure what else to investigate either. So let's go ahead and just wait for the night. What's that, Creedon? I was going to say that we could go to the pub and maybe just ask around about some of the previous recent behaviors. Sure. If we have time to burn, I'm, you know, I'm never going to complain going to the pub anyway. <laughs> I think I think we do have some time to burn. Yeah. Okay, you pop into the pub. There's a couple of fishermen eating mid-afternoon lunch. It's mostly frog legs. Nope, do not eat here. <laughs> the innkeeper says, oh, you're back. 
Did you have a good tour? I, I, there's not a lot of historic sites, but I heard I heard you went to the Old Mages Guild. How was it? I it was burned and quite dangerous to be in. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, I wish there was more for me to point you at. This was exciting for your visit, but you know. Well, you know, I've been just been uh, thinking that I really haven't prayed in long enough, and I was hoping to go to the church, and I've noticed that it hasn't been open for business. Has has the priest gone? Oh, yeah. The priest, we think he left town. He took the signage with him, just gone one day. Left his door locked and everything, so he might come back. What was he doing the last time you saw him? Was he acting strange? Oh, seven-fingered Tom? Not not stranger than normal. I mean, he, he used to hang out with the alchemist. I guess when the alchemist died, he probably took off. He wasn't very popular. He, he really didn't seem to like his job. Hmm. Anyone else usually with them, or just those two alone? Uh, I mean, it's usually just those two. There was a uh, there was a little hedge wizard. Kept trying to get the archsage to take him on as an apprentice, but he didn't didn't have the skills. Is he still around? I haven't seen him in a while either. Do you remember a name? Matthias. Have we heard that name before? Um, that, I think that's the one that we're we were looking for, right? No, no, no we were looking for the archsage's actual apprentice. Okay, I swear I had heard the name Matthias before. Sounds like this is somebody else who had aspirations to be an apprentice and didn't measure up. Hmm. Was Matthias from here? No, 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 no. He was actually from uh, up north, actually in the Empire. Came down to study under the best wizard around, and he's had money, but that's about it, apparently. Did he stay here when he was in town? No, he, he well, he stayed here one night, but then he bought one of the old shacks down by the river. We Oh, well, perhaps we could go visit the shack. Sure. Do we have a map of this town, or are we... No. Okay. <laughs> this town's not worthy of a map. Because can you tell us about where this shack is? Yeah, he, he opens the front door and points down and says, it's that one way over there near the dried river that leads into the lake. All right. Well, hmm. Why? I will go down and look in the shack. Yeah, I'll go with on the way down, Boulain says, if nothing else, it might be a good lookout point. Yeah. If it's empty. Cool. You get to the shack. The door is unlocked. It looks like it doesn't have a lock. You open the door. It has a bed. It has a traveler's chest with some clothes in it. It looks like someone has dug through the traveler's chest recently. There's clothes thrown all over the floor. And there's a small fireplace. And it looks like something was burnt in it that was not wood. I will investigate the fireplace. Yeah, I also... Can I help with that? Sure. Who gets the best investigation bonus? Mine is only one. I have zero. <laughs> That's why I want to help you. What's yours, Robert? Investigate plus two. Okay. We will help you investigate. <laughs> <laughs> Let's metagame. <laughs> 19. Ooh. The remains of a music box has been burnt in this. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Is, are there any musical instruments around that would imply that this person liked music? Nope. I mean, he didn't have a lot of stuff. He, mm. he appears to have moved into this sh shabby shelter with just a traveler's chest. Okay. So the metal pieces are left on the music box? Yep. Will it play? No, no, it's warped. Okay. Why would someone want to burn a music box? How far out of town is the shack? Not very far at all. 
And you said it was on the lake, right? It's just off the lake, but not far enough that it really matters. So, you know, you had to walk maybe 10 minutes to get here. Could he have possibly been destroying somebody else's Horcrux? Or his own? Possibly. Can you destroy a Horcrux with just fire? It seems like you would need more means than that to destroy something magical. I don't think necessarily. Yeah, I'm not sure. Can I roll Arcana to get the answer to that? You already failed that roll, unfortunately. Aww. That one still stands, huh? I don't just get sudden revelations. <laughs> nope. There's no books, no diaries, no no other personal nope. items, just the clothes, huh? Are they nice clothes? Yeah, they're in pretty good shape. They're nice attire. Very, a little upscale. Not quite Creedence family's level, but getting there. I think we were looking at someone with a bit of money, as the innkeeper said. Definitely. Not the kind of lodgings I'd expect, but... So, I think the important things that we're looking for happen at night here. I think you are right. I think the places to be at night are watching the lake, watching the wharf, or watching the priest's cabin. I think there are two stories, two concerns that are colliding with each other. One is the missing priest at this point, because that's the only one that we have positively ID'd. Yeah, what do we do if he just shows up in the middle of the night and whatever we're doing to ask me if I want to join? Well... Well, I suppose you will have to make your decision. (laughs) Should be somewhat susceptible to magic. Yes, that's a good point. I have a few things I can throw at a ghost. But we already know that that will only anger it until we find what ties it to this world. Correct. Which is likely this sun medallion is our best guess. Right. The other problem is Pox... And the villagers who encourage Pox to stick around. Correct. And they may very well be on the lookout for us interfering with them because they already suspect us. I feel like we have a stronger clock, a stronger pressure to deal with Pox first. Agreed. Great. So do we want to check the wharf or do we want to check the lake? What were we expecting at the wharf again? Shady villagers walking around in the dead of night, potentially carrying large parcels that could be bodies or other shady Mm, activity. Right. I think that's a good thing. They might go out to the lake. Unless we're splitting up, I think that would probably be the best bet, is looking looking at the wharf. I am strongly against splitting up in in Mm. this town. As am I. (laughs) Excellent. I think that the wharf sounds like a good idea. Great. It might be best to post up at a bar and have Sadie do the investigation to do the the watching. I don't know how her night vision is. Well, my night vision is excellent, and she is a raven, so that should not be a problem. I do not know that she can fly all night. Not necessarily like perch on a building, watch, perch on a building, watch. All right. Yes, we could do it that way. It's less conspicuous than us just wandering the streets at night. Looking at the wharf. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so we will post up at an inn, and Boulain will send Sadie out to watch the wharf for us. Great. Let's do that for the night. Okay. Creed and watch how much you drink while we wait. (laughs) I'm not drinking anything from this place. Boulain is drinking out of her flask. (laughs) You post up at the inn. Creedon, do you stay in the main room of the inn? Yes. Yes. Great. It will get very late. The innkeeper will come out and say, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut down for the night. You guys, uh, I mean, you're staying here, so you're welcome to sit at the table. But I'm, I'm turning off all the booze and stuff." That is all fine. Right. We are a bit of the night owl sort, so if it is all right to be down here, we will remain. Hey, I'm. The place is yours. You got a key to your room. 
Just, you know, if you leave, don't let anybody in. All right. So the innkeeper heads out back to bed, and it, it gets to be like two in the morning. Creighton is just yawning. I think Bulane will, if Zerus gets his chess set out, she'll play a few games of chess with him to stay awake. Absolutely. So you get a ping from Sadie, which is sort of like a pay attention to me uh-huh. emotion that rolls through. Yeah, so Bulane will sit up from the chess game and her eyes will go out of focus. So she is looking across this lake and there are two guys on the edge of the lake. They appear to have come out of a warehouse, walk up to the edge of the lake, and they have a something wrapped in cloth that looks really big. And they're heave-hoeing it, one on each end, into the mud off one of the docks. Like they're just going to throw it out into the lake? They do throw it out into the All lake. All right, Belaine says, Sadie is giving us our cue. If we want to catch these men, we need to go right now. Let's go. All right. She jostles Creedon awake. <laughs> yeah. Creedon was like kind of falling asleep with her head resting on her fist. Yeah, yeah. Starts back up and is like, oh, what? Oh, oh, oh yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So we go out. Okay. You head out. By the time you get out of the inn, Blaine knows because Sadie is there, that they have gone back into the warehouse. Mm. But the rest of you don't see anything. It was quick. They came out of the warehouse, walked to the end of the docks, walked back, went inside. But she knows which warehouse to go to. You do know which warehouse they came out of and went back into. Okay, we're going to the warehouse. You get to the warehouse. It is a beat-up large building. Doesn't look well used. Are we trying to be stealthy, or are we just gonna, you know, burst in and do our thing? I mean, the streets are fairly empty at this point, right? Oh, there's no one awake in this town except you and those two people who just threw something in the lake. I do not see a reason for stealth. We know they are in there. (laughs) all right well let's go i open the door (laughs) and we are going to leave it there because i suspect this is a fight and that will take a while mysteries are hard to write and by their nature they have mixed results so i hope you are enjoying this one as our characters try to tease apart what happened at least enough to clean up the loose ends left by the sharp edge of the pub. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson and My Pet Machine for our tunes, Julie at Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo, and don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Will our heroes be civil and reasonable to the fishermen in this warehouse? Yeah, yeah, right. Next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. Okay, I held my shit together for a second there. My minor freakout was because a very scary spider just parachuted oh. off of the wall somewhere <laughs> onto my desk or below my desk, and it blend- it's the same color as my desk. Oh, 
Well, you'll see it when and... it starts wriggling. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, if there's a later disruption. <laughs> that... I was in bed the other night, and I was reading, and I saw a spider drop down from the ceiling, and I saw it in the corner of my eye, and it was a big one, and I was like, yeah! So I grabbed my hardcover book, and I know I'm supposed to take them outside and let them go, but it, you know. No! I tried to get in my bed, and, and that's that's a point of no return for me. Like, I just, mm. mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. yeah, smushed his ass, but. Spiders are not allowed in the bedroom at all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I knew that this one was in here, too, because earlier it was hanging out on some of the picture frames mm-hmm. over on the other wall. And I was like, I'm not going to deal with that right now. Apparently it made its way all the way around <laughs> the room just to hunt me down. Like, here, it's coming for me. The Arrested Development narrator, she should have dealt with it right then. <laughs> I should have, but I was comfortable on the couch. And that was the problem. I hear you. Oh, Jeez, sorry. Sorry. But Claire would like to give it the spider. <laughs> Don't run towards it. <laughs> for the listening audience, we have lost Claire for the moment. <laughs> Presumably to grab she's a shoe. She's lost the spider yet no, again. Yeah, she grabbed a oh, shoe. There's oh, a shoe. Oh, she just went after her with a shoe. Did she get it? <laughs> she got it. Oh, boy, I'm sorry. Spider zero, Claire one. We just did a play-by-play. <laughs> <laughs> it made its way just directly in front of me. Yep. Oh. I mean, ooh. ballsy little thing, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, okay. Well, that's taken care of. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and now we have a spider to bring the fungus. And now you have a spider corpse you can give to the demigod. <laughs>